Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 48 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the one, the only, Jason Whaler from The Hills. I am so excited about this one. I was a huge fan of The Hills back in the day, and the show is back on. It is back on MTV. It's called The Hills New Beginnings, and Jason is here to talk about his new beginnings. Back in the day, he was known as the bad boy on the show. Well, Jason is back and he has completely done a 360. He is here to talk about his advocacy work with recovery and the mental health fields and talk about all the ins and outs and what it's like being back on the hills. What are the triggers, what he uses to stay grounded and to keep focused on work and his main priority, recovery. So let's get into it. Everyone at some point in their life is affected by addiction. Whether it's firsthand, a friend, a family member, your favorite singer or celebrity, everyone has been touched by addiction. So I thought to myself, if addiction is so common, why can't solutions be? When I was trying to get sober over 10 years ago, the options were very limited. Starting August 7th, I am starting another round of group coaching. This time, it is bigger and better than ever. This six-week program will walk you through everything you need to know to rock your recovery. If you are seeking connections, sober friends, this is for you. If you want to mind your mind and learn how to tame that six inches between your ears, this is for you. If you got goals and you want to be held accountable as a group, have weekly homework exercises to deep dive into your personal development, this is for you. If you want to have fun, this is for you. Self-development, personal growth, and recovery doesn't have to be so serious, especially in today's society. 
It's nice to be gentle and have some fun with yourself. You'll be excited and looking forward to each and every call. Yes, we deal with tough subjects, but we don't have to let them make us tough. This is a place to laugh, cry, blow off some steam, and let's enjoy ourselves. Let me ask you something. If you aren't enjoying the journey, how are you going to appreciate and enjoy the destination? Spoiler alert, recovery is not a destination. Recovery is a journey. So join group coaching August 7th so we can enjoy the journey together. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com backslash coaching for more information and to sign up. Can't wait to see you in group. Mr. Jason Whaler, what is up? What is going on? Dude, I am so excited to talk to you. I'm so fangirling right now. Um, and for so many it. different so many different reasons. Um, of course, because of the hills, but more importantly, because of the work you are doing today. And well, thank you so much. I think, you know, you're just do you, like I said in our little pre-chat here, the word that stuck out was imbalances in our conversation. I definitely want to get into that more. But I want to yeah. I want to get your backstory and how you kind of came to be and what what your childhood was like, where you grew up. Like, give us the whole nitty gritty here. Yeah, well, I can give you. I mean, I'll give you just the basis of you know, I'll give you a, a, a fifty thousand foot view of this, and you can pull from whatever you want. We can dive in. I mean, I'm an open book, and you know, I really appreciate you having me. I love what you're doing. You know, it's amazing to see that you're. Uh, created a platform to touch other individuals and to be able to shed light on something that is so needed. Um, you know, so I just one thank you and I respect what you're doing. Um, thank you. you know, but for, for me is, you know, I grew up in, in Laguna Beach, California, born and raised, you know, a Southern California boy, uh, grew up with an incredible family, you know, parents who just celebrated, they're going to kill me for this. I think it was 47 years uh, of marriage. <laughs> wow. I grew up with, uh, you know, amazing siblings, two older brothers and an older sister. I was the youngest of four. Okay. Um, you know, had a really, really, really good life growing up. Um, you know, was lived by the beach, uh, was raised with good morals, good values. Uh, was always very athletic growing up. Uh, parents who were very involved in my life. Um, you know, and, and I had a lot of that support and structure. But about by the time I was about 13 or 14 years old, there was some uncomfortable feeling that I was having within myself, just not not accepting who I was. And there was nothing that happened. I didn't have mm. any trauma. I wasn't raped. I wasn't beaten. I didn't have any underlying issues. And I've, I've done a deep dive to it that I, could, I can't ever really relate to anything that was abnormal of, of, you know, a childhood growing up to cause any of these different feelings. Uh, but I just, you know, on the outside, I was perceived as, you know, athletic, a good looking guy, was a part of the popular group. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up and, and came from a great family, um, you know, minus the family piece, everything else I didn't believe, you know, I thought I was ugly. I thought I was, you know, just was sucked at everything. Just, just self-shaming. I don't know why this came about. I was very just uncomfortable in my skin. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I could not, uh, you know, I could not put a finger on it. And especially back then, this is even, it's, it's, it's a long time ago, but it's really not, you know, back in 2000 and early, late nineties, early two thousands is when this was, you know, taking place. Mm -hmm. And we just didn't have the knowledge around that. It's not like I could go talk to somebody or say hey, what's going on and how I'm feeling because it was so new to this, right? I mean, it was there was so right. much associated to it. There wasn't an outlet to it, you know. And I, 
I, I was seeing, uh, you know, a, a therapist at, at a young age just first because I suffered with OCD, with obsessive compulsive disorder. And, okay. you know, but again, in the context of conversations, we never, ever went into kind of those, you know, the emotions and stuff that I was feeling about myself. And, and you know, I didn't know. I thought there was just something wrong with me. I thought nobody else struggled with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, or fast forward, you know, uh, when I started to, to engage in, into alcohol and and you know, ba- mainly alcohol by the time I was 15 and a half, 16 was really when it started to, to kick in. I saw that that alleviated those feelings and those emotions. Mm. Uh, and it gave me that, that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling that uh, I had been looking for, um, you know, and and from there, it's it, 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 it progressed. You know, I was the, the weekend partier in high school, which you know, uh, didn't last long because from the time I was 15, half 16, by the time I was a senior, you know, I was drinking, you know, maybe three or four times out of the week, uh, you know, and then to add, uh, add all that in, you know, my baseball career, which I was striving for as a, as a young individual ended up having shoulder surgery. So that kind of blew things out of proportion. I was, I had scholarships for baseball, did not pursue that. Uh, yeah. and then this MTV came to us and, you know, there was a, they came with Laguna beach and, uh, wanted to uh, bring this bring this show down here, which at first I was actually apprehensive of, and I did not want to do. Uh, lo and behold, I was convinced by close friends and family that it would be cool to have my senior year documented. But little did they know it was going to turn into the biggest nightmare uh, <laughs> ever. Um, and so, what kind of happened is is through all that, you know, by going on the show, it created a character. It kind of uh, it, it it filled that overinflated ego you know, underestimated sense of self-worth that I had about myself, you know, and by the time I was 18, 19 years old, I was being paid, paid to party, travel the world. And I thought I was living the dream. Um, yeah. You know, little did I know though, uh, it was going to become the biggest nightmare because that's, you know, again, is, is I was, I had struggles with the law. I had struggles with, you know, with, with school. I had, you know, issues. I started, you know, fighting different things that were happening. But again, this, not the appropriate education or knowledge or willingness to accept that there was an issue. Um, and also at 18 being super successful, you know, you, yeah. your parents were financial restraint over you. And I was able to, you know, basically kind of dictate my own life. And, and it was like, either you come along with the ride or you don't. Uh, again, that didn't last very long. Um, you know, and, and by the time I was 23, I mean, I ended up at, uh, you know, I was at, 12 different treatment centers from Florida to Hawaii, every state in between. And I was arrested over, Whoa. you know, so I went through the, went through the gamut, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was one hell of a journey, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, for me, I don't like focusing necessarily on war stories and different things that, that go to, so we all have our own, you know, our own bottoms and, uh, whatever it may be. But I mean, you know, I had a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of what I had to learn was, you know, drugs and alcohol were not the problem. Those were my solutions. And mm. for me, the problem was me. Um, right. And I had to be able to identify that if you can't express vulnerability, you know, and create humility through, through talking about what it is you're growing through, you're not going to be able to help fix it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I love, I the, love how you say that that drugs and alcohol weren't your problem; they were your solution. They were because, and that's yeah. that's the thing is is as I you know living in recovery and being sober, right? Yeah, everything we what I did yesterday does not directly impact what I do today to to stay sober. It's a daily reprieve, and it's right. it's the mental well being, it's the mental balance, it's 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 consistency, it's working a program on a daily basis. I have to do. Every single day, what I used to do to, to, for my drugs and alcohol, 
I have to do that for my recovery. And that's how much I have to work this program. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that commitment. Yeah. And I mean, because 24 seven, you know, I was wanting, I would do anything and everything for my drugs and alcohol. That was my primary focus, right? And I have to do that today for my sobriety. That's my primary things is is my number one thing in my life is God and my sobriety. And if those things aren't in order, nothing else is going to fall, fall in place. Totally. So how, okay. You said you were in and out of rehabs, you know, from, from around the world. It sounds like, um, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Right. What, what kind of was the missing link? Like what actually clicked one day? Like obviously. Well, look, and that's, that's a great question. I mean, for me in particular, it's look, it's different for everybody. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. the moment of clarity for me uh, was a a specific incident. And, you know, but I think this one thing I want to add real quick is, is I had everything that society says is amazing. You know, I had money, I had notoriety, I had fame, I had exposure. I had all these different things. Right. And, and at that age, I was, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I have all these things and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy. You know, I'm in, in, in my, and let me, let me rephrase that. So after going through and seeing all the things that society says is amazing, the notoriety, the fame, all that different stuff, you know, I was, I was still in a state of, you know, contempl- not even contemplating suicide, but actually attempting suicide. I was not wanting to live anymore. So I had no Whoa. reason to want to, to, to be here anymore. And that's, that was the scary part. And I think the thing with that, though, is what drove me for that, this moment of clarity that I had was I was in my uh, therapist's office with my parents yet again at, at the age of, uh, I, I want to say it was 22. And me and my mom and my dad were, were sitting in there. And, you know, I've never seen my dad break down before. He's the patriarch of our family, oh. you know, the backbone of everything. The only time I've ever seen him break down is when his, his mother passed. And he's just sitting there, you know, and this is after everything's kind of happened. Uh, and he just looks at me and he goes, Jason, we just don't know what to do anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, our marriage is suffering. Uh, you know, there's just no intimacy left. There's just, there's no emotion. Uh, and we're like two planks of wood waiting for the phone call that you're dead. And for whatever reason, whatever that was, there was literally a light that came in through that moment because I was still not in the best thinking. My frontal cortex, which is obviously our executive functioning skills, was not operating correctly. And I was just off, but for whatever reason, it was just like almost just this light came in and I was like, look, I have, I don't have enough motivation to do this for myself, but you know, due to my family upbringing, the dynamic that I was brought up in, my family became my motivation. Uh, and that's where back wow. in, uh, July 23rd, 2010, uh, is, you know, and this was, this happened a few months prior and stuff, but that was when I really entered into, you know, uh, transforming my life after that moment going into my original sobriety date back in, in July 23rd, 2010. Wow. Oh, I just, just you describing your dad breaking down. Oh, I don't know why it's so hard to watch men cry for me. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's so emotional. Yeah. It's devastating. Exactly. When you don't, and I think the thing is too, is, is you don't really, I mean, look, addiction to me is a disease of denial and you don't really realize what it is. I mean, you, you lose the right to, to make your own decisions when you're in active addiction is the way I see it. That's why people have to get intervened on. There has to be some disruption of the process. Right. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I was this, I was so sick and I was so deep and dark. You think with all the arrests, with all the different things, you know, I would, I would see this and I just was not in a, in a place of willingness or acceptance. Um, 
And, you know, it was, it was just, it was a constant battle with myself. I mean, because yes, through those times, I mean, I identified that there was an issue, obviously, but it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to make this drastic change. It was, I can't explain, you know, why the, why it was never, you know, I just, I wasn't motivated or willing is the thing I could think of from all those stents from when I was 18 years old to 23. Uh, You know, there was, there was, yes, there was times where I wanted to get help, but there was also, there was not enough there for me to, to, to make the initiation or the move, just like when that happened with my parents. Right, right, right. No, I, I totally understand. And I totally relate to you. Um, you know, I was a DJ, a club DJ in the LA scene for 10 years. And you want to talk right. about getting paid to party? Holy shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like intense. It is. And it becomes, it be, I mean, it becomes, it's a this is the way I look at, you know, my progression with addiction. I mean, is, is drinking and using at first was fun. It became yeah. more of a lifestyle and then it became a way of survival. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, I could not function or cope on a day-to-day basis without you, without utilizing something. And, you know, that's, um, that became the, the focus. And when you're in that state, even, you know, through those, those trials and tribulations that I went through in the different treatment stents, it was just a, uh, that's how sick I was. And I guess when I was at these facilities, the 30, 60 days is I really, I was never there long enough to understand or, or mm. be in a, pro- a place to, to process stuff. Yeah. And like appreciate and value like what sobriety actually means and can give to your life. Well, that, and, and I mean, the truth is, is, is that also a lot of the times I was going, it was to appease either the courthouses, family, girlfriends at the time, or, you know, right. it was never really, really, I wasn't like those times I was, I was kind of forced, you know, where mm. the first time I really went and I was like, I want help was right. the, in the latter stages. Right. Gotcha. I know it never works when we try and do it for someone else. <laughs> I've learned that yeah. the hard way. <laughs> well, that's what's funny though, is because the motivation just to be clear is, is my motivation was because my parents, because back in the, right. and it's weird because those times that I went before were, were because of uh, ulterior motives, but there was something that triggered again in that, in that meeting that we had where the motivation for myself to do it was not there still. Yeah. But to see the damage that I had caused over that course of time to the family and the people I love was enough to do it for them, which then translated into doing it for me. Huh. Interesting. So are you super close with your family? Yeah. Well, they're, we're thick as thieves. Oh, I love that. Very, very close. I love that. So, I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. 
Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. <clears throat> what, what are you up to now? Where are we at so, today? Well, so, you know, we, uh, the Hills is, is back. So that was yeah. uh, an interesting process because due to, you know, a lot of the stuff that I just, just explained, you know, I do not blame, you know, the, the entertainment business. I do not blame them for my addiction. It just added fuel to the fire. But obviously yeah. I went through a very, very public battle with addiction. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, scarring and trauma there just because every, having your life under the microscope and with what you're going through, people have all this judgment around it, you know, is very fearful after, you know, 10 years of not doing stuff in the, in the entertainment side to go back to it. But I really mm-hmm. felt like this time was an opportunity to, to show God's work and to, to, um, you know, to, to, to carry the message. You know, I was given this opportunity to go through everything I've been through you know, not shouldn't be alive. And, and now I have this, this opportunity to give a message of hope uh, and to show people that recovery does work and that, you know, you can live a life that's absolutely worth living. And I said, you know, this is as hard as a decision as it was, it's me and my wife talking, you know, for a, a while, we said, this is something we got to show because not only are we able to show my life in recovery, but we're able to give people a different perspective. And that's yeah. my wife's side of the story is also showing somebody that's, that's on the, the codependent or the the enabling side and show the program that she has to work uh, in conjunction with this uh, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a family disease and it can very be in, impacted in that. And a lot of people don't understand this is wherever there's an alcoholic or an addict, there's a codependent and they can be just as sick, if not sicker than the actual addict themselves. So oh, yes. we, were really, we were able to display not only my side of it, but what's more important is for the normies as we call them, <laughs> to get a perspective of what it is that they need to understand and go through as well. Because we don't, the, the addicts and alcoholics, we understand the disease. It's the people that don't suffer with it that don't get it. Yes. Oh my God. That is such a great point. I actually so, never, I never thought about that actually from your wife's perspective in terms of yeah, the show. I, mean, I never thought about that. Because I went through a very gnarly relapse, you know, after, you know, so my original sobriety date was back in 2010 of July. And then, you know, after four and a half, five years, I don't remember exactly when it all kind of went down. There's so much that's happened. I, I yeah. need to like take a, a couple months to just kind of map everything out. But again, I don't like living in the past. Uh, I just take it for what it is, right? I learned from it. Yeah, um, exactly. But, you know, went through a very gnarly relapse. So she only met me sober. You know what I mean? She didn't know what it was like. You know, she was just in this oh. happy place where it was like, you know, and and, she, and I didn't at, at 23, I wasn't like, yeah, you need to start going to Al-Anon and do things. Again, I was just trying to focus on myself. And, right. you know, after I went through everything, 
uh, you know, for three, like a three year on and off relapse, uh, you know, she had to, you know, she, she basically went through very traumatic experiences seeing me in my active addiction, you know, this, this, mm. nothing, nothing happened besides me doing this stuff to myself, you know, this, what we do in addiction, uh, mm-hmm. and just didn't know how to cope with it or deal with it. And she was co-signing a lot of the stuff, especially being a person that was working in the, sp- in the field. Uh, you know, she did not know how to, 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 to reach out basically, you know, there was a ton of fear around that until she finally got the courage, you know, and connected with my sponsor at the time. And then, and, and, and basically kicked me out of the house and, and, you know, I had to go back to treatment. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there, that's a whole nother story. But my whole point is, is that, you know, she could have now, now she has the boundary. If that were to ever happen again, she knows exactly what, you know, what to do and how to hold this because it was three years. Whereas, is now if it happens, it wouldn't be more than 15 minutes. Right. Wow. So it's, uh, so she, and again, it's, is I think the best, the most, the, the best experts are the ones that have gone through it. Right. Yes. Uh, exactly. I think from her side, she's just a message of hope for those that are struggling because it's, I mean, look, we're dealing with what it's the leading cause of death in 50 year old individuals and younger is substance abuse. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big issue. Huge. Uh, and Huge. so many people are affected by it. So I think her message, quite frankly, is more important than mine. Wow. I, I love how you guys have each other's back. Like you guys are such a team. I've been watching you guys on like interviews and stuff. How did you, rebuild that trust because it's you know well they're on the back end there's so much stuff that people don't know you know we're open about it i mean you know during this process with my relapse back back then and then you know we had seven family members die her dad died of a heart attack my grandfather died her grandfather died our grandma died my other grandpa died it was just like we just kept getting thrown at us like this in this one (laughs) two-year period it was just like bam 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 you know, when I was in my active relapse, I struggled with gambling addiction. I, you know, lost quarter million dollars, ended up having to sell our house. There's, you know, there's so many different things that were, that had happened through mm-hmm. all this stuff that it's just, it's, we walked through it together. Um, you know, because I mean, she knew, she knows who I am. She knows, you know, where things were. She saw, she takes ownership in her part in it. And, you know, we had to learn to, to, to make amends with one another and, and go through the process that we had to. And, and it took, it took work, but everything that we've gone through just makes us a way stronger. There's not one thing that we can't experience today that we can't walk through that we already haven't gone through. So, I mean, it's just a testimony to our love and our marriage and our commitment. Yeah. That's so, so beautiful. Like I that, appreciate that. that is so inspiring to, to be able to find the person, you know, to be on your team and have your back no matter what. That is a beautiful well, we, thing. Well, we live in such a world today where you know, anything worth having is not easy. I don't give a shit what it is. And, yeah. you know, if, if you, and, and so many people are just so opposed or uh, so open to instant gratification and would give up on these things. And it's like, that's where I'm so grateful for the mm. way that we were raised. You know, I mean, it's, we were instilled those values and morals of marriage and family. And it's so, uh, it's so, it's so important. And, you know, I mean, it's just made us so much stronger and it's just made, it's, it's, it is a testimony to this because, you know, our, our mess is our message. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through that stuff, a lot of the stuff that we went through in it, you know, uh, was a lot of just the sicknesses through the, like I said, the gambling addiction, you know, the, the prescription drugs, we, we learned a lot about the alcohol. I mean, it was just, there's so many things that we took away from it that we mm-hmm. utilize as leverage now. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. I'm just gonna, I get too passionate and I just start ranting. 
<laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I love how you that turning your mess into your message. Like hell yes, you guys are killing it. And I I I love your whole message and your whole. It's just beautiful. It really is. It's just so refreshing to see people together and move as a unit as opposed to being so single and yeah that instant gratification it's i mean so, it's so prevalent in today it, it it is and we live in such a false sense of reality right i mean so people yes. are prone to uh one of my favorite favorite lines out there is so many people are we're, people out there you know what's wrong with today's society is people try to impress people they do not know by purchasing things or no what is it it's who says this it's uh, what's wrong with today's society is people buy things they do not need with money they do not have to impress people they do not know. Yes. And it's, it's one of my favorite quotes that's out there. But um, That sounds like but, some Gary V lineage. That probably, sounds like something he would say. <laughs> when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin Feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. But going into just kind of dovetailing in real quick. So uh, to finish your question about the uh, the hills, like just what I'm doing today. So I'm obviously yeah. doing something in the hills. We've, we've been shooting that. That's airing. It's on Monday nights at uh, 10 o'clock Pacific time uh, on MTV. And then, you know, something that I've done, I'm doing a lot now is, is the recovery advocacy, just being a voice, being a message of hope, sharing my yeah. personal story. Um, you know, to try to be relatable for individuals and create a trusted platform that people can connect with uh, that are seeking help, you know, and I've, I've connected and partnered with uh, a few different facilities that are out there that I believe provide the best, uh, best care for individuals. One is uh, Beach House Treatment Center in, in Malibu and then Northbound Treatment Center uh, in Newport Beach and uh, Northbound. I've been connected with the last 10 years. Uh, oh, wow. and, and is a, uh, incredible program that, you know, primary psych facility really focuses on the, the whole mental health component, very individualized program. And then, you know, Northbound is, is for the younger demographic, uh, 18 to 35 failure to launch, uh, really help, uh, uh, the younger, younger, younger piece. So, uh, mm. but the beauty of it is, is, is not only by working with them, it's, 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 I've through them and other strategic relationships that I have. 
you know, because there's not a one, there's not a cookie cutter model to this. There's not a one size fits all for anybody. Uh, and we've aligned ourselves with with multiple people that are of the highest ethics, that are mission over margin incentivized, you know, in the field mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, really put people's care at first, because the thing that's not talked about that needs to be talked about more is this is such a deadly disease. It's a primary chronic progressive, potentially fatal disease if untreated. But mm-hmm. quite frankly, out of the 15,000 or so facilities that are out there, I wouldn't refer to more than 10% of them because they don't provide yes. the, the care that needs to be done. And that's what I've taken a lot of the, the time and passion and dignity in is because 18 of my 24 family members suffer with addiction. So it's not only my story and everything that I've gone through, a big part of my family struggles with it. And it's like every time that somebody reaches out, it's like, would I want this? Would I want my family member going to one of these facilities that are out there? Uh, you know, and we've got places all over the all over the country that we work with, and that just provide the best care. And that's that's the biggest thing is getting people the right help to give them the best chances to to succeed and flourish. Oh, I love that, and it's so hard to find, you know, something that's actually going to be beneficial for you and like a, a treatment center you can trust because. Let's be honest, they're expensive. Well, they and are, and it's really know what you're getting. It's it's not hard to create a good website and have a salesman on the other end. It's 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 it's, yes. it's educating people on on what questions to ask when vetting a treatment center. Like I have this whole thing I'm coming out with where it's just like the top ten things to ask when vetting a facility. You know what I mean? And and, and from the, right. from who works there, the turnover rate, the medical staff, how long have the doctors been there? How long? You know, how many therapy sessions do you have? How many times do you see your case manager? What is the aftercare, the family, the family plan. There's so many different things that go into it that the common person does not know the knowledge to ask. That it's super yeah. important that we give those people those resources. And it's it's again, I, I could care less. Is where I, I, the main thing is that people get to a place that is going to be best suited for them and that can actually help and offer them, you know, uh, success. That's so great because it's it is a very emotional decision. Like you just want help, or you want help for your loved one, and you're kind of at the mercy of someone else who's basically selling you. And that's the thing is, and that's why we need to do on our platforms, you, myself, and everybody else that's, that's, that's doing these things is, is we need to provide education for, again, the, the loved ones that are going through this because they're the ones often making the decision. We need to, we need to equip them with the appropriate tools on how to, to vet these places. Cause when somebody's in distress and in panic and trying to just help somebody that they love, you know, they're, they're so vulnerable and entrusting in these individuals. And again, like I said, I'm a, let me make very clear. Treatment does work. Recovery is possible, but you've got to find the right places. And it's, yeah, it's like, if you have, if you have cancer, you're not just going to go to a random place that you saw. On, I would hope that you would do your due diligence. You would talk to your primary care physician. You would talk to f- friends and family and you'd get, you know, you do due diligence and see what's out there and not just go online and go to Dr. Google. And see yeah. what the, the, best, the best place is. <laughs> yeah, some like strip you mall know. doctor, not so yeah, much. Exactly, and, and <laughs> it, it, it just drives me insane because there's so many people that that could that are really putting forth the, the resources and the effort to get help, but uh, you know aren't getting the right getting to the right place. Yeah. So where can people find that information? So, I mean, best way to find out any information for me is just go to my website, which is jasonwaller.com. You know, you can see everything that we're up to, everything that we're doing, okay. uh, you know, find the latest updates, see who we've partnered with and strategic relationships. And, you know, the other thing is I've developed my own team, like my in-house team. Uh, there's a core group of us, there's uh, four or five guys that we've all just dedicated our lives to this. And, you know, we literally, whether it's through social media, through, um, 
you know, actually reaching out through the phone. Like we've set up like a, a phone number just to call and connect with, to be able to just get some insight and direction. Like, you know, it's, Ooh, it's just, I it's love sometimes, that. The, sometimes the phone can be a very heavy thing to pick up. So it's almost yeah. just like a, you know, it's, it's in a, in an essence, it's a, a hotline for, for help to help walk you through a situation. If you're looking for guidance and direction, yeah. we have all that. And, you know, one thing that I haven't brought up, that's one of the, the most important things to me is we've also been giving away scholarships every month and we've uh, given away almost $600,000 in scholarships uh, for people that uh, have been needing help, but don't have the means to get the help they need. Whoa, that's huge. Yeah. That is amazing. How would someone qualify for a scholarship? So basically every month on social media, I put out this month, we had to take a break. This, I had to, for my own sanity of everything. Things got so crazy. We took a break for the month of July, but it's going to kick back off again in uh, 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 August. Okay. Um, so at the 20th of each month, I do a post on social media, basically saying if there's anybody out there that knows somebody that's struggling or is in need of a scholarship for a treatment, uh, substance abuse scholarship, uh, please direct message me and we basically send an, send an application. Uh, mm -hmm. the application would then get filled out by the recip uh, by the, by the applicant. Um, uh, and then they would submit it in and then all the applications that come in go forwarded to a board of like a medical director, a clinician, a case manager, and a therapist. They go through all the, uh, through all the submissions, uh, and then they qualify somebody and, uh, select a recipient. Wow. That is great. I, can you please yeah. let me know when that happens so I can repost it to, for my community as well? Um, yeah, the next one that we're doing that we haven't done. So just so you know, I'll give you a little inside scoop is we've been doing okay. it for, for adult. Uh, August, we're going to be launching one for adolescents. So Amazing. if there's, you know, so we're going to actually be connecting with uh, Stonewater, which is out in uh, Mississippi. Unbelievable adolescent program who's going to be donating a, a scholarship, uh, and I'm actually heading out there next week um, to do a full blown tour and, and connect with the staff and stuff. But we're going to be offering an adolescent scholarship because we've been getting a lot of families reaching out that don't yeah. know what to do for their, for their teens. Right, that is so great. I mean, that, I think that is um, an age group that really needs some attention right now. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, look. What did the average age of use now is at eleven and a half years old? Um, I think that, that was. Is, a, I, I know it's not. I know it's not older than twelve. Uh, right. it's, it's twelve or younger as the average age of first use. So I mean, it, we got to we got to be educating these people at a very young age. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's so sad. Yeah, and I feel like kids are just like I swear to God, like ten year olds are are turning into seventeen year olds in a blink of an eye. It's like everyone is they just are. growing up so fast. And like things are really progressing very fast in our society in general. And I think that is also it affecting is. our children. It is. Well, that's the thing though, is 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 this as as societies is is progressing, so is the disease. I mean, the, mm -hmm. you have to understand the substances. I mean, even just from when when we use, I'm just, I'm taking it we're in the same age demographic. You yeah. know, I mean the drugs and stuff back again in fifteen, twenty years fifteen years ago, right? Uh yeah. we're they aren't they weren't nearly what they are today. And I mean it's just it's just so crazy to see how everything is progressing. Yeah. Oh, not even close. Like I was just an OG like drinker and cokehead. Now, yeah, me too. I cried. Multitudes. <laughs> well, it's just the prescriptions out there. I mean, and it's it's again, it's you know the opiates. I mean, you're taking pharmaceutical synthetic grade heroin. You're taking 
you know, Adderall and Ritalin and our own pharmaceutical synthetic grade meth. I mean, and, and people think it's fine, but they don't really understand what it is that they're, that they're consuming. Uh, and it's, it's, it's scary. Yes. Yeah. And you think because it's pharmaceutical that for some, I, I don't know why, but for some reason in my mind, it seems like it's a little more acceptable. Like it's not as bad as like, of say course. like street drugs. Of course it's cleaner. Yeah. It's, it's from a doctor. Yeah. Like I should be able to trust this doctor or trust yeah. that and this again, is good for me. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm a person that believes that there's great use for medications and different things out there for a very small percentage of the population. Not everybody needs to be on some form of drugs. Yes. So and cer- certainly not for as long as, as prescribed these days. Holy. Did you know that opiates actually stop working after 10 days? So if a doctor prescribes oh. you opiates for 10 days, that's where you build up a tolerance. So after you, after you start to, after you take opiates for over 10 days, you have to take a pain to alleviate the pain from the pill. So you're not even focusing on the issue of where the pain was coming from. It's now it's, you're dealing with the pain and the withdrawal from the actual pill you were taking. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's mind boggling that people get sent home with 30, 40, 60, 90 days worth of prescriptions when it's like, dude, the opiate stops working after 10 days. Whoa. That's just, Crazy. I mean, that's how the monster takes off. It does. And that's where you get good old addiction. Yep. Holy cow. Now you're physically addicted. But anyways, yeah. that's a whole other, that's just. That's a whole other show. <laughs> so I want to know what you do on a daily basis to maintain your sobriety. Like, can you let us know your routine? Hell yeah, I can. So yeah. every morning uh, I wake up, I do a morning meditation. You know, I do a okay. prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a gratitude list of three things I'm grateful for and why, because the why is mm. where the meaning is. Because if, and it's important people understand that. Because if you just say, I'm grateful for my, for my, my wife, there's no meat to that. It's like, why am I grateful for my wife? My wife, because she's there for me. She she's, takes great care of our daughter. She's most loving, caring, compassionate. It adds value to what it is you're grateful for. And it actually gives you the weight to it. So not only what you're grateful for, but why three things. I then send that out to 10 other individuals who are recipients of that. And they send me, send me theirs back. Uh, And then from there, I either go to a morning meeting or I go to the gym. I switch off with those two uh, throughout the week, but I do the the three things every morning. Okay, cool. Um, I know with my audience, like, around after five o'clock is always kind of a downward slope. You know, it's like, especially for parents, like, oh, that's when you get to kick your heels up and maybe have a glass of wine to relax. What kind what would it be a tip for the parents out there or, you know, the after the sun goes down to, to keep you basically out of your own mind? What would you suggest? Well, look, I think there's no normality in escaping reality. You know, so mm-hmm. first of all, I'd ask yourself what it is you're trying to escape from, because I mean, we we have the power and 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 the, the 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 willingness to to make the change we can, and I think it's identifying what it is that we're going through. I think we have emotional triggers for a reason. If we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're happy, we're sad, we're mad, we're glad. We need to understand what it is that we're doing and, and identify that, and we need to make the, the necessary shift to alleviate what's going on. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I look at personally because when I come home, I mean, I think it's important to engage. Uh, I spend a ton of time with my wife. I have conversation. You know, I, I spend a lot of time with my daughter at that particular time. Um, you know, that's where I really believe, you know, life is about the love you have, the memories you create and the legacy you leave behind. 
And that's what I do on, you know, in the afternoon is really, really shut down work. I shut down the outside, you know, noises, spend time with my family. I read, um, you know, I'm reading, mm-hmm. reading a, a really good book right now. Um, and, and, and so reading is, is, has been a big thing, but I also, for me is I love, uh, I love taking walks. I do mindfulness walks where I just go outside and embrace, you know, the, I'll go with my wife and daughter. We'll go down and just look at the trees, the flowers, go by the water, just embrace the ocean is so serene to me. It's one of my favorite places. Um, yes. it, it's just, it's taking time for yourself to recharge, you know, and, and it's, it's, yeah. you don't always have to be doing something. Um, but it's, it's, you know, for me is, is, is trying to create memories in those moments and it doesn't have to be anything big. It could just be, you know, the littlest things. That's so great. Is that also how, like, I don't know, do you ever get triggered when you're filming? Like, especially for the Hills? Cause I know there's yeah, I mean, alcohol there's, and stuff around. There's definitely been times where it's like, you, you know, there's, there's definitely been times when I've been triggered around that. But again, is, is it's just working your program, you know? So before I go to yeah. any of these environments or different things, you know, my wife is mindful of it. I've got my sponsor on speed dial. I got my other three guys that I stay in constant communication with, uh, on connection, which I've had to utilize before where I've stepped out and had to call them. Um, you know, and, and if yeah. I'm really feeling comfortable, I have an exit strategy, you know, I, I leave. It's not, I'm not going to jeopardize my, my well-being and my health, my family and everything else, uh, to, to, to be on camera or be in, in a club environment. So, uh, it's, it's making sure I go in there with a healthy mindset and making sure I have a game plan when I go in, uh, and having an exit strategy, if I, exit strategy, if I need to get out. I love that. I love that. The game plan. You gotta have it. I mean, yeah. And and again, is 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 it it can happen at 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 any time. You know what I mean? Again, is is for me. You know, there's times where I still have the obsession, right? It's not a craving; it's an obsession because the craving leaves Mm -hmm. your body after you know a certain amount of time. The physical component of it, but the obsession, whether it's through a song or you know through through just a memory or whatever may come up. And you have to remember, it's a fleeting thought. You know, memories come and go, and and thoughts come and go, and it's 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 you know you just gotta work through it yes i love that yeah keep that in mind i love that there's a quote that the good thing is nothing lasts forever and the bad thing is nothing lasts forever so it's like either either way you know everything in 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 this life is not really that permanent so you just got to kind of enjoy it and take it for what it is well People take everything, you know, we need to be a lot more kind to ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves and we need to be more loving and compassionate and, and we, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, and that's, that's, uh, something that I had to take a look at. You know, I always put so much pressure on myself where, you know, one of the biggest factors that's a really important thing that I didn't touch on at all, which I'm shocked about is, is really living in the moment and being present. Um, mm. you know, and, and because that's, that's really where the meat of it is. All we have is today. Uh, and it's, you know, as, as they say in the, in our program, you know, take it one day at a time. I mean, I always thought that was so cheesy, but that mantra has been so, so uh, amazing for me because now I don't even, I don't future trip. You're like, where do you want to be in three years? You know, I don't live my life like that anymore. You know, I don't know. It's what brings into my life today that will, will predict that for myself. Yes. Oh, yes. The future tripping. Oh, it's so easy. I have a question for you. I have a question for you about, you said, so you have a lot of listeners that listen that come home and, and, you know, at five o'clock, what is a lot of the stuff that is they're going through that, you know, can you give me a more direct question that I can maybe try to get some insight on? 
I think, um, I think like you kind of just tripped, like touched on it with like the future tripping and kind of being in your head and, and being hard on yourself. I think, you know, because my listeners, um, and like on, on all platforms are primarily women. Right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, just a lot of moms, a lot of, um, women who are either starting their businesses and also kind of deal like juggling sobriety and recovery and, you know, trying to do it all. And like I said, like you said, being kind to yourself, you know, that that's a huge thing. It's so easy to beat the shit out of ourselves and, you know, feel not good enough or like think that we're not smart enough or good or good looking enough. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's, we gotta, we gotta practice self-love on that. You know what I mean? And it's accepting us for exactly who we are. And I think that's the beautiful thing is, is once we accept who we are and we we truly are happy in our own skin, you're going to surround yourself with people who identify and connect with you. You know, it's, we are, we're a product of our environment. You're definitely going to be, whoever you're associated with is, 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 I firmly believe is a direct reflection of how you see yourself. And that's something that for me was, was a big thing is, is, was changing those, you know, the environment, the people, the places, things. And, you know, when I, uh, mm-hmm. when I was in a, a different mindset, it's amazing to see the type of people that I have in my life now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't do average stuff with average people. No, and it, <laughs> I totally agree. But I think to your point is when people are coming home and they're wanting to relax and do different things and there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. just relaxing either. You know what I mean? You don't always have to be doing something. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with that with always being on. Like, I feel guilty if I take an hour or two to watch a movie. I know that sounds ridiculous. I get it. But I do. I do. Because I feel like I I could be doing more or I could be doing this or I should be writing this down. It's just like, okay, you got to get off the hamster wheel and chill. Well, that's where for me, something maybe a little tip that I do is I have three priorities that I write down every morning as well. It's not necessarily my morning routine. It's just for the day. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have three major things that I need to get done. You know, work stuff, you know, uh, it could be, you know, a different meeting that I have. Uh, It could be, you know, filming, whatever the, the three major things are that I need to get done that day. And then I have two other things that are, you know, kind of important, not important. Um, Mm -hmm. and is if that's what I focus on, those are the goals for the day. And as long as I get those three things done, no matter what, then things are good. If I get the other two that are, you know, not as important done, even better. But after that, I'm done, right. you know, and, and that, that's, that's kind of the, the mantra that I've lived in because I used to have 20 things a day back to back to back to back that I would be doing. And this is killing myself, right. burning it at both ends. So I think it's even just waking up and what are the top three things you need to get done? You know, have two ancillary ones, whether it's the laundry, you know, or, or getting something done at the house or going to the grocery store, whatever it may need to be. But have the top three things be there, the two second ones. And, and after that, you know, you've, you've completed your day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like learning what to make priority, right? Like what makes you feel good? Like, what do you actually benefit from? I think a lot of people are just so like doing things for the wrong reasons, just to be busy. Correct. Correct. It's, it's, it's easy to be busy. It's, it's, it takes a little more time to really prioritize what your where your values are at and what is it's like working smarter, not harder kind of mentality. It, it is, I guess. Exactly. It's it's wisdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's no point of mm-hmm. just moving your feet every which way and direction. As long as you're taking one step and one foot putting one foot in front of the other and making progress, that's all that matters. Absolutely. 
Okay, I got one last final question for you. Yeah, of course. To, to anyone listening today, you know, maybe struggling with sobriety or thinking about getting sober, what piece of advice would you give to someone listening? I would say don't, you're not alone is the first thing is, is mm. there is a way out and there is a solution. Um, you know, do not be hard on yourself. You know, don't, don't have shame and guilt. Um, you know, and, and connect with somebody because you do not, this, this could be the last day that you have to feel like this. Mm. Yes. And reach out to you. You got a hotline. Reach, reach out to us. <laughs> uh, and there's, but there's yeah. tons of places. I mean, even, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a lots of resources out there now, you know? Yeah. It's amazing how like in 10 years, how many things have like popped up and, different modalities and outlets. It's so, I think it's so great. I mean, oh, 10 years ago, I, mean, I had nothing. <laughs> 100%. I mean, we're making traction on this, but we got to keep doing what we're doing and we got to continue to raise awareness around this and, you know, uh, you know, spread the message. I mean, recovery is, is incredible. You know, I mean, I, the natural highs I'm able to experience today are, are, are very, very amazing. You know, and I mean, life as a whole is, is, is incredible. Uh, you know, if people are, are, are bored and don't have much to do out there, I, I think they're lazy. I think there's a lot of stuff to do in life. And I think it's, you know, you mm -hmm. grab the bull by the horns and uh, get out there and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Give us one more uh, little plug of where we can find you and follow you and get all your information. Yeah, the best place would, would be uh, my website at jasonwaller.com or on Instagram at jasonwaller. Perfect. Amazing. Jason, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and sharing your experience and knowledge. You're just so inspiring and motivating. And thank you so much. Well, thank you. Hopefully it all makes sense. I, like I said, I get very passionate when I talk about this stuff and I just kind of go all over <laughs> the place. So I apologize if it is. No, no, don't. No need for apology. I love it. Passion is, is amazing. I, I could feel it through through the phone. It's coming it. at you. <laughs> it's coming at me. Never apologize for getting passionate and excited about something you love. Make sure to check out Jason on the Hills New Beginnings on MTV. Jason brings his own flair to the show. Yeah, it's dramatic. Yeah, it's reality. But Jason holds it down. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and comment. We love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide. Make sure to take a little screen cap of where you're listening to the podcast and when, and tag us for an instant repost. Check out the blog at asobergirlsguide.com. Lots of tips and tricks in there for you as well, as well as events all over the world. Thanks so much for listening to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast. Have a great day.